Hello and welcome to the Wolves Fancast. Andy Gillard here, presenting this week. This week we've got a little bit of uh, tenuous Wolves news, some wondering to Gdansk, we've got the match on Sunday, player appreciation, the quiz and Twitter corner. And with me to discuss all these topics, we've got Matt. Hello, good evening. We've got Stu. Hello, good morning. When they oh, listen yeah, to it. True, it could be any time, couldn't That's it? True. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got Adam. Boanoich. <laughs> I have no idea That's what that is. That means good evening. Good evening. Right, okay. In, 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 in what language? language of the motherland, Portugal. Oh, it's Portuguese. Right, okay. Preparing. Right. Uh, just before we get into the tenuous Wolves news, uh, I wanted to let people know that even though there's no football next week, the fan cast will be coming back. We are going to be doing our first ever film cast. You don't have to have seen the film to listen in, but we're going to be watching Mike Bassett, England manager. <laughs> Ooh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. The, the classic, the 2001 classic. It's uh, going to be available to rent or buy from Prime, Apple, or all the usual places, really, or obviously check your local libraries. They might have copies of it. Uh, we will be discussing the film, telling you whether or not you should waste your time watching it, but if you want to watch it beforehand, please feel free. Why was I thinking it was going to be like some intriguing intellectual film? I definitely <laughs> right. thought it was going to be like Shawshank or something. I or was like expecting yeah, something, some deep film. IMDb and, um, top 100. <laughs> I, have, I have to say I wasn't expecting that, that film no, Well, I have got a list of about 50 odd films. So there are some really good like top notch documentaries. The next one. And then there is some absolute dreck on there. <laughs> some real barrel scraping shit. But to be honest, I like that as much as I like the good stuff. So it stars the Chase's favourite Bradley Walsh, doesn't it? <laughs> Mike Bass, is that is that right? Has he got yeah, he's the yeah. assistant manager, isn't That's he? It, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. Good so times. I'm, I'm quite looking forward to to diving back into that. I don't think I've seen it since it was at the cinema. Oh, I went to see. We went to watch. Um, we went to watch Bean. I think it was the second one, <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't on at Cineworld. It was for, yet again. It was broken even back then. And so we went to Showcase to watch it there, and they weren't showing it, and all they were showing was Mike Bassett, and it was the second time I'd seen it in a week. <laughs> that, that was the last time I saw it, so went way back then, 2001. Yeah, incredible. I think I went I went to the cinema to see, I think it was AI, oh. and yeah, well, we went, we got there, and it. Um, I think we just missed the start, and I don't like entering a cinema late, so I was like, right, we'll go and see something else and the only other thing starting was Mike Bassett so I was forced into seeing it <laughs> I then went to see AI like the week later and regretted it Jude Law's great in AI mm. I don't know it's not my cup of tea but I'm not a big Spielberg fan Matt have you seen it? I have I seen it I think I own it in about three different forms I've shot, well, I don't think they've got a Blu-ray there of Mike Bassett England manager but I've definitely got it on a VHS and I've got it on DVD at home so if anyone needs to borrow it if anyone needs to borrow it come to me or I can find some kind of nefarious way of getting the cup of tea I'm sure so <laughs> yeah that won't be an issue they give me like breaking down the, the scene by scene direction mate. Cin- <laughs> cinematography <laughs> mise-en-scene and everything I won't be going into quite that but uh, we'll see how it goes anyway but yeah that's going to be next week but this week, we're going to start with a bit of very, very tenuous Wolves news. First off, apparently, Wolves, the friend of the family, Sinkara, has asked for his WWE <laughs> release. Gents, how are we feeling about that? I'm deferring this one. <laughs> oh, right, <laughs> to, okay. to more, more learned colleagues here. Well, when, it, when I put it, it was me putting wrestling news in the group chat, of, of all things. And I saw it and I thought, well, 
when you were saying before, last season where he seemed like he was going to be there for much longer anyway, and the whole how that, but then they were promoting him massively as well. They want someone who wears a mask because obviously they can then sell that mask for for money, which is why apparently they haven't allowed his release. He has just requested it. So, who owns the uh, the copyright on them Sin Cara masks then? That will be WWE, because <laughs> the guy who was originally Sin Cara is still wrestling, and he wears a similar mask, but he doesn't have the pointy ear bits. That's the only difference. The only important bits. So they'll probably just put someone else in that suit and keep it going. They want a Mexican superstar, basically. I think I read online today. He's still got like three years left on his contract as well, Oof. so he'll be stuck in the doldrums of uh, you know, well, maybe put him to NXT or even NXT UK just as a something to placate him to for the time being um, it's not like would he be in real demand should he should he leave though is anybody going to be chomping at the bit to, to sign him probably anyway? go to AAA or CMLL which are the Mexican companies to me you know he's a professional botch artist that's had a plight as a professional wrestler as a side career yeah. so you can watch Botchamania and like see some hilarious kind of trips and falls etc oh, so. Botchamania is just the best exactly Matthew so. is great yeah but um, but of course he's a Wolves fan, so there we go. Yeah, it's the only reason we've sort of had to accept it. <laughs> <laughs> the other bit of tenuous Wolves news, and I'm sure Mr. Price will have an opinion on this, is our very own Laurie Dalrymple. Apparently, he's off to join the Suicide Squad and Harley Quinn. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> I don't know anything about. Is it rugby league or rugby union? Do we know? Uh, I'm going to have a stab, but it's rugby league. Someone's yeah, yeah. going to just, uh, someone will tweet in straight away and just say, you're wrong. Yeah. Stop talking about yeah. things you don't know about. It would be an accurate comment. I have nothing, no knowledge at all about Rugger, but um, didn't, I just put that, said my group chat, didn't we? Someone mentioned there was a room at the time he was off somewhere or he already accepted the job somewhere yeah. else and that's why they chucked him out. But if he's going to a rugby, if you're going to rugby, I mean, what, what, what's, yeah, you'd what's think if he was about him having to go on guard and leave and all that? I mean, yeah. it's different. If it was a no sport. compete clause, I would have thought it would have been for other. Football clubs, not rugby that's clubs. That's what I thought. I mean, again, there's probably some in the contract about yeah. it. So, again, talking about things I don't know about. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Is that... I'll put us in the group chat. Is that a good move for him? Is that a bigger, more exposing job than Wolves? Probably not. But it se- he seems to be a rugby man. And it seems to be but a I job that he, he him, personally yeah. covered. So, well, he said it was he, he said it was his club as well. That's the main, the main thing with it. He ain't going to... He ain't just gone to Wasps down the road or anything like that, so he ain't going to move out. He's obviously, if he's a fan of Harlequins, whatever they do, then it's his dream job. It's obviously on less money than he's on here, but if he's happy, then fine. Is it an attractive prospect as well, if you've know, if you got ambition, because all of the hype of the Rugby World Cup that's just gone by England being in the final, is it in the public image again? You know, People thinking about rugby, and it's an attractive prospect to try and get people talking and get people into the club maybe I'm, I'm not sure if that's a line of thinking I mean yeah it could be as someone who doesn't maybe. watch yeah rugby, it's the same here on... it's difficult to really have that much of an opinion it sounds like it's just come down to that really isn't it it's just he's obviously that's a sport he loves mm-hmm. none of us knew that beforehand but it's obviously a sport he loves jobs come up he wanted it so why not more power off, to him off, yeah. off you go fair so play. yeah fair if that's what he wants to do then fair enough he won't get any Oh no, he can't get Thomas Cook colleges anymore anyway, can he? <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he can't have them anymore, even if he's a Wolves or not. So no, yeah, fair, fair play to him. We haven't got anyone else who's actually come in and took his job yet, has he? We, Jeff's just... Jeff, Jeff absorbed, takes it all. Absorbed his duties. <laughs> like, the, uh, like the Dawson's Creek 
traffic keeper in South Park. <laughs> you just take it. on. Oh, you, you should be. All right, I should. All right. It turns it turns sentient and absorbs the entire town, including oh, Barbara Streisand. On YouTube, and on South Park clips. Yes, I mean. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult to really say much on it, but I think on that note, we should uh, wander over to Gdansk. Just a brief thought on last Thursday's game. Quite a um, quite tough going game. Obviously, we ended up with was it twelve minutes added on. At which point, Raul Jimenez steps up and uh, puts us 1-0 up and leaves us one point off qualification into the next round. Brief I, thoughts on that, gents? I didn't think it was going to be as tough as it was, compared to, considering the away, late, away game at their place and yeah, the circumstances around it. But I just thought, well, we are better than them anyway. We're, they're not going to come and sit back, but... It was almost like the, what we've talked about before with the conserving energy thing and in certain games mm-hmm. where it looked like that first half was, oh, we've got to do this again. And it was just it was just a bit flat. I think yeah, it was it was one of the worst atmospheres I've seen for years. It was like people expected us to win and therefore just couldn't be asked. Mm. Couldn't be asked to sing, couldn't be asked to do anything at all. And it was just, you could hear that. I mean, I'm in J4, so I'm right next to them anyway. And fair play to them, they didn't, they didn't shut up all game. Their fans were excellent. They were absolutely super. Really impressed. My um, just to deviate from the match for a second. My uh, I got a mate of mine who um, he worked. He's manager of the Sainsbury's uh, local by the bus station, by the train station. Obviously, he dealt with a lot of um, Bratislavians <laughs> uh, buying a lot of booze. Who <laughs> <laughs> basically rinsed Sainsbury's mm. of all the booze. So and so, he said that um, on the Friday morning. This was after the game. Friday morning at nine o'clock. You know, <laughs> these group of Bratislavans come in and like just pointed to the uh, the whiskey and said Jack Daniels Jack Daniels is it 18 pounds 18 pounds bottle and he said yeah it's a bottle he goes yeah I'll have three no <laughs> at like 9 o'clock Friday morning it's like yeah, I'm sure we'd be surprised. No, maybe but, not. Excellent. I mean, the fans seem to have a great time in, in town. I think there was all sorts of um, shenanigans yeah. going on, wasn't there, about various places? Like I was getting my tattoo done at, it was about five o'clock on, in the afternoon, and the tattoo parlour was on the, the route for the, the Slovaks into the ground. So we were just sat there, and all of a sudden you could just hear this rabble <laughs> coming down the road. So you're like, oh, shit, right, they're here then. Okay, this is fun. <laughs> As, as, I mean, as far as the game goes, I, I just thought it was we just managed it well. I, mean, I agree, it was nothing spectacular, like not at all. Um, but we just never looked in any real danger at all. I mean, obviously their target man, the big one, number nine, he's obviously the only one that's going to cause much danger, and we kept him quite quiet. I think throughout most of the game. Um, but I mean, we had the chance with the the, the penalty, which, on the space, it wasn't really that, wasn't really that great a penalty. I'm Stu said like he's got an opinion on that in a minute. <laughs> no, I, I just didn't feel confident at any point. No, I, yeah, I agree. I, I, I didn't think he looked that great. Mm. Stepping up to him, I think that Sheffield United once burned in, in, into my mind, and he missed a few in pre-season last year. There he is. He just never. He looks like he's he's going to do something stupid or just completely miss a target altogether. And it was a penalty that any of us could have took. It was it was awful. Yeah, it wasn't fantastic. Was it? Well, as, as someone that had Jimenez first goal score at two 0 <laughs> I was devastated when I saw him walking up. To it. So part of me thought, did I did I wish this? Is this some kind of like it seems karma like it. for it? Yeah. Um, I just thought he was one of those. You know, they put eleven behind the ball nearly all game, and if it wasn't for their keeper making some really fantastic saves, we probably would have won it quite comfortably. But it just didn't feel it at the time. It felt 
really stagnant and we couldn't unlock them we couldn't unlock the door creatively mm. because they were putting so many behind the ball all the time um and i did think <laughs> the one thing i took away was did 20 did 20 something thousand people just witness a murder <laughs> when when uh, their player got like knocked yeah. out and, and it was going yeah. on and on and on the time i thought this is really really bad this um, and I just wondered, like, how bad is this going to be? Mm. Is this going to be one of those things that we don't actually talk about the result anymore? Thankfully, it wasn't. But it, it, it did feel like it was a game just to conserve energy for for the fixture at the weekend, really. It mm. didn't feel like we needed to put exert too much effort because we were playing to get the result, get out of there, focus on the weekend. That was uh, right yeah. in front of... Well, directly in front of me, I was about to say about where I sit, and I, I heard the contact. Yeah. But like, yeah. him and I was basically volleying this guy's face off, and he knew straight away, because he banged the floor as soon as, like, he happened, he, thought, he knew, he was like, oh, shit, I've actually, like, that, 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 that clean, sweet sound, which I thought was the ball, was actually <laughs> in his defender's face. And should, should it have been a booking? Uh, was it dangerous play? It's dangerous play if you get contact. It it is, yeah, it is yeah. if you manage to make full contact with the face, I guess. But um, which and he gladly accepted, didn't he? he yeah, gladly just yeah. There's no, yeah, no, right, no, fair no, enough. No and he, he was looking a bit dicey for a bit because he just wasn't the chat wasn't moving whatsoever. Um, but I mean, yeah, going back to like the result itself, just getting the job done is, is like the, the mm-hmm. main the main thing when you're in the group and you're playing all these games. Just if you're not playing well, mm. which we haven't done for you know we haven't put together. A, too many performances that we saw last season and obviously games may be a factor in that but if, you, if you're not playing well just we just win it which is what we which is what we're yeah. doing so now we're only one point off and let's be honest the two teams below us have been pretty terrible do you go with putting out some younger players and give them the experience now or do you go with a full strength team for the last two games win the group and then hopefully avoid getting the champions league dropouts in the group stages what are you thinking, Matt? Well, for me, I think I think you've got to go for it because you want to go as far as possible in in the competition. Uh, so the best four Champions League dropouts join the group winners uh, to pair against the remaining group dropouts from the Champions League, and then the runners up. So by proxy, you would imagine that you'd be facing a slightly easier competition in the next round, and we want to go as far as possible in that competition. So I don't see why we wouldn't put out the teams that can do the job. But then looking at the competition, do we need to put out full teams to do the job? Apart from the, the blip against Braga in the home leg, you know, has it been too taxing to get to this point? So I think Nuno can box clever with it, um, but I think we should be you know going gung-ho for it and trying to win the group, not yeah. just play for the point. I think that Braga game was a bit like Everton in the first game back in the Premier League where we were kind of like, we're a bit naive and we didn't really know what was going on. And we kind of underestimated a lot of things. And you look at, let's think the Champions League dropouts. The dropouts, because they weren't good enough to go through. So I know it's still finishing third in the group of four. But if, we, if we're if we winning the group anyway, even if we come, in, if we come second by a point, I'm, not really, I'm still not fearful of anyone. I mean, we, you look at the teams we've already played. Apart from Chelsea, where Chelsea are a very good team. But Man City... Mm. We schooled them, so and they're miles ahead of the dropouts from the Champions League. So for me, I, I'd rather just put obviously safe for Kilman because Sir Kilman has to play now in the uh, yeah. Europa League. Just get the job done, and then just focus and just see where we are for the the following game after that. Um, just get the job done first, and then the last game. Well, they're the whipping boys anyway, are they? Yeah. So you could. Right. We haven't really got a team unless we put the uh, the third team out. Then yeah. 
it's which true. I don't think we're going to see all half of them again. But I, I think you make a point there, uh, Kilman Pricey. You got a lot of applaudits after the game. Yeah, what was your opinion so. on him? He's not done anything wrong at all. He's, um, I mean, you do have to put the context in. I think this is already previously mentioned about who he has played against, and uh, I think it's quite funny because like sometimes we talk about Vallejo as well. Um, he's played against the same team that the same opponents that Kilman mm. has and Vallejo's come out of it looking shocking whereas Kilman's come out of it smelling like roses and it just, he he's just took to it a lot more easier than someone like Vallejo has and I mean again like you say you, you say okay he's only played against Punic and, and, and Bratislava and what have you but he's acquitted himself very well mm. um, and I I like him looks good I mean he's not first team ready like for league games stuff as, no, at absolutely. the moment unless needs must but no, I'm, I'm great to see a young English defender being brought through and someone yeah. with a unique background because no, uh, no one's been brought through futsal before into, no, it's, into it's a Premier League first team squad. But um, no, to echo the same as the, as, as the guys, I I would just um, I just go for it. I would just get the job done in, in Braga, get us qualified. Because, um, I mean, the Champions League dropouts, you can get some potentially sticky wickets I mean it, mm. it all depends on what group they've come from so the group with Dortmund and Inter one of those are dropping out and whilst not to say we won't get past them it, it's let's be realistic it's one to avoid. it will be a tricky tie but mm. one that we would embrace because I mean I'd love to go to Milan and San Siro if that's going to be an option but obviously you get you win the group then you get like the, the second place ones in the fellow Europa League group and we could still get the soul back in Derby for all goes through because Copenhagen be nice. could still finish second. So yeah. yeah, just get the job done. He won't. When we talk about resting players, yeah, he's not going to go to the lens of what he did against Villa in the cup. We're not going to see Chem Campbell lining up <laughs> against um, Besiktas in the last game because I think well, that was <laughs> with the reaction he got for Villa. I'm not, I'm not sure that'll happen <laughs> again to be honest. But um, yeah, get get it done, get us through, mm. and then um, we can look forward to around the 32 game. I think that's a good note then to move on to the game from the weekend then. So Wolves hosted a team from just down the M6 in the West Midlands derby. Just before we get into it, I want to throw a few stats at you and then ask you a question. Right, stat so, attack. Stat attack. I've actually written that down, stat attack. <laughs> <laughs> right, so possession was 54 to 46. Attempts on target, 5 to 4. Goal attempts, 17 to 13. Successful passes, 299 to 293 was this game as close <laughs> as the stats suggest even even Dave's good old friend XG didn't have it as close <laughs> as it was a, it was a route in everything but number there were yeah it was it wasn't even men against boys it was men against infants <laughs> there were that you think literally uh, was men against boys in the league <laughs> exactly <laughs> And if it wasn't for Catroni and a certain terrible now goalkeeper, that we would have got through that as well. But <laughs> they were just... You, you think all the mouthing off that Le- they've Le- done... Leave Catroni alone. <laughs> <laughs> all the mouthing off they've done all season long and in the summer spending hundreds of millions of pounds, oh, we're not going to do a Fulham. You really are doing a Fulham because you're fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> and they just... It was almost like I was amazed how bad they were. And I know we were, we were on it, and we made them look bad, but it was an absolute class above. It was super. I, I was still buzzing this morning. It's as I'm recording. It's Tuesday. <laughs> it's two <laughs> days later. <coughs> I mean, we, we, 
we should have beat Arsenal and that was a good performance but that on Sunday was something else it was superb yeah I mean that's a classic case of you know football isn't played on paper isn't it when you look at the stats it yeah. does not re- reflect the game that happened I mean the fact that Traore's shot an absolute rocket wouldn't even count as a shot on target because it hit the woodwork like just proves that you know it wasn't that that game those stats don't reflect you know how badly a they played and how well we played the only the only downside is the like that we didn't put away all the chances that we had mm-hmm. um which we quite easily could have there were, you know i think for a few games in a row now we just wanted diogo to get it out of his feet and shoot um but you know it was a route and it didn't ever feel that we were under too much of a threat um Sace on a yellow just played so well for me <laughs> because it was, you know, you could quite easily have put a large amount of money on a red and feel comfortable at any point in the game you're going to get a return on your mm, money yeah. when he gets that yellow so early into the game. And he just he just marshaled his man so well and just kept such a cool head, even at the end when they were really going for it. Um, and uh, one thing, I, have you ever seen a team not celebrate a goal <laughs> as much as that? Um, goal line decision that they had it was very strange with the player running up and trying to take to the fans celebrate <laughs> and they just ignored it I, I really enjoyed that yeah it that was, was just it, it was bizarre and then I thought to myself surely not because it was that in maybe the, the first or second minute of added time it, I mean, it, it, you know had the, the, the 2-1 United FA Cup feeling about it well it doesn't really matter we've conceded but that's okay they're mm. not going to score again but no the, the stats really don't reflect the game for me no same. Um, see, I'm like Stu, I was buzzing really, and that's because, like, for me, it's always been a bit more of a bigger deal, maybe, than some others about Villa, because I've, like, grown up around, like, numerous Villa fans, and for years, you've never been able to say anything bad as a Wolves fan to Villa, because they just yeah. shoot back with, well, we're Premier League, and <laughs> th- that's all, like, you left, you're not allowed to say anything bad to a Villa yeah. fan, like, we're Premier, we're Premier League, and... Now it's just you're obsessed. You're obsessed. Like you, again, you still as a Wolves fan, you still can't say any, you still can't say anything negative to a Villa fan because they'll just say, "Well, you're obsessed." D- fuck off! <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like for this for this point in in my lifetime, we're actually we're we're better than than Villa. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying we're a bigger team, bigger club than Villa, because that's another argument completely. But we're better than them now. Like on quality, man for man, we're just better than them, and they just can't seem to. Mm. understand or let it sink in or accept the fact that right now we're better than them so to beat them and beat them in the manner that we did was oh so sweet yeah uh, for it me. was incredible wasn't it and I just I loved I loved it absolutely lo- loved it I mean, I've, I've celebrated goals probably as much as that man you like to have a cup game when the goals went in <laughs> I was celebrating each one my voice was like was hoarse on the Monday morning because I was like, celebrating it that much just because I loved it they were just we were sticking it to them and um, again I mean their goal, I didn't even didn't, yeah. even, didn't even register for me because it's down the other end of the pitch. I didn't even know what was going on until they were resetting up to start the game again, and the, the scoreboard changed. And I was like, shit, I generally didn't see that happening. Or well, I was I was in the North Bank, so I saw that the I saw the ref check his watch, and I thought, mm, what's going on here? And then he pointed away, but then there was such muted celebrations. I thought, oh, what's happening? Is it a foul? Is it what's what's going yeah. on here? And then and then it was a goal for, for me when it comes to like Villa fans because they're so at work where I work in Albury. There's, you know there are a few of them there, but they didn't give it before the game. So like I try, you know, you try and give it afterwards, and it kind of falls on deaf ears a little bit. Like the rivalry isn't quite there at, at work with it is with some of the mm. Albion fans that work with, as it's so close to uh, to the poor yeah. fawns. So 
it's a uh, shame really that they didn't give it a little more before for me because I could really stick it to them. But to be fair, if you go on the hashtag AVFC, there's <laughs> plenty of dickheads on there who've been oh, giving it like. Is it the highlight of Gavin or at UTV Gavin 1874? Villa will be fine. We have the best young striker in Europe, the best midfield outside of the top two, and the best centre back partnership in the league bar Van Dyke and Matip. We will be fine. The best young striker in Europe? Are they in about Wesley? <laughs> yeah. Because one of the questions, one of the points I've written down here is how shit are Brazil now? <laughs> because Wesley and Douglas Luiz have both got call-ups. I mean, it's a far cry from Oof. like Ronaldo and Valdinho, it isn't really it? Is. <laughs> it really is. And the best centre-back partnerships. <laughs> Another point I've got here is if Mings can play for England, <laughs> do you reckon we might still have a chance? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still crediting Mings with the assist for our goal. It's yeah because well, he, he was inside in danger, yeah. right? And he's in his little smile as well. Yeah, his little smile after he got the booking, thinking, "Yeah, I've done one there. Yeah, you really yeah. have done one there." Yeah, he's, he's, probably, he's probably yeah. thinking, "Oh, I've just I've let Troyer know that I'm there. <laughs> I'm taking the yellow card from that." But then Villa, in infinite wisdom, just give Neves the freedom of like <laughs> the final third of the, the money pitch for him to tap one in. It was a beauty, wasn't it? Because oh, I, I, I know she's when we had that free kick that Neves was stood to the the left of the D actually looking at their goal that's a very unusual position if he's going to try and get involved I thought he'd be a bit more central and then obviously we found out why he did that and what a sweetly struck finish that was from 20 odd yards for it to not be a training ground routine as well and then to just make it up on the fly because you think you look at it and you think oh that's been planned Mm. and then for him to say no he just came he just did it himself thought yeah that's because he's a wonderful man. That's because it's Zhao. He's just Zhao. a beautiful, beautiful person. <laughs> In every sense of the word. <laughs> did, did you see it full time when he ran over and gave that kid his shirt? Obviously, it's one of the poppy shirts, which they tend to raffle off after the games. Oh, okay. So, but I still thought, well, the fact that you've just done that, you just, I fucking love you. <laughs> it's just that simple. It's just such a great person. There's been an explosion of that now, Molly, this year. Have you noticed? Kids with the cardboards. No, oh, yeah. Cardboard yes. Yeah. Can yeah. I have a They're all here. Well, the ones in the uh, the temporary stand, the kids have got full-on sombreros and Mexican <laughs> garb on. And, and I think the nurse just goes over it with pity or embarrassment for them to go, here you go, just have it. Just yeah. have it. Just have it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. I mean, how silly them to just leave Neves completely on his own. And, that, and that's what he is known for. <laughs> it, is, it is naive, yeah. isn't but it, he, though? It is naive honest. of a defender to, to allow that to happen. It shouldn't be allowed to happen, should it? You know, well, you'd, you'd if, if you've done, if you've done, fantastic Mings, the ones who's the best centre half in England, yeah. would look at him and go, "Does someone want to get on Neves?" But there you'd, you go. You'd think, <laughs> you'd think, and of yeah. course, the other goal scorer that day, Mr. Raúl Jiménez. I, th- I, I mean, thought he was going to. I thought he was going to be one of them where he could have had a trick and more himself. Yeah, and you think he was almost, he was almost trying too hard in the end. He, he was being a bit. Like, uh, like Robbie Keane selfish I've said that before uh, he was just trying to do way too much when there's no real need to just because he was snatching at things and he was you think well another day this season straight away mm. but then to still to still have the composure to just to check his run and step back for that finish superb again superb he's finishing on the turn he's quite incredible when I mean, you look back at like, the one he did against Man United and everything and his, his actual movement is just it's exceptional the one at Spurs at Wembley as well yeah yeah. Did he score one against finish. Punic or was it Crusaders? Like he, he, he hits it and turns it. He turns around and smacks it in. I thought what was excellent yeah. about um, his goal was, well, A. Traore looking up, finding his man, not just running to the byline and, 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 and crossing it in. He looks up and then for Jimenez to step back and allow the, the space, 
his man doesn't pick him up at all. And then when he hits it, he doesn't hit it with, you know, a lot of velocity. He doesn't absolutely cane the ball. But he hits it so delicately and it just go, nestles into that corner. And, like, he was just amazing. It was a really, really good, well-worked, and Troy Oreg deserves applause for it as well. Uh, you, know, mm. you know, to basically run the length of the pitch, look up, find his man. Jimenez steps back and nestles it in. Brilliant. When we signed Trey Oreg, you know, was it nearly 18 months ago now? And their fans were giving it large, trying to take the piss, saying, <laughs> oh, he's, he's an idiot, he doesn't know what he's doing, thanks for the sell-on fee, all that crap. And now who's laughing? Yeah. He's turned himself into a someone that Spain want to be playing for them. That's how good a player he's become now. And he's, he's destroyed them with one hamstring as well, as it turns out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which shows what good coaches can do. Obviously, Villa, yeah, Villa, Villa had the same raw materials that we had. Mm. We've just done something with it. Instead of, and same for Middlesbrough. That it, you know, well, he was better at Middlesbrough than he was at Villa, but Villa had the same player that, that we had. It's just he, we've coached him to become what we've now seen yeah. this season. Nuno saw something in him because you're right, a lot of people were just willing to either loan. There's a rumours about him being loaned out. There was rumours of let's just take the hit on him, sell him 15 million somewhere else. But no, like one, Ferguson wouldn't allow that because of the investment made in him. Mm-hmm. And Nuno said, well, no, there's a player here. So, Obviously, Costa and Cal were the first to go, and then you know, we'll work. We'll work with Troy Ray because if you get it right with him, as we've seen, literally unstoppable. Yeah, he's deadly, isn't he? When how he gets do you stop him? Someone yeah. that strong and that fast? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how do you stop him? Can you look at him? Just do what Mings did and try and wipe him out. You look at him and you think he's probably worth about thirty-five million now in the space of three months from yeah. from the summer where he was almost worthless, and with, he just had the Troy potential that everyone talks about. Oh, he'll learn. Well, he has learned. And people have been ripped apart now every week. And the good thing I like about it as well, he's doing these things late in games. So like yeah. he's, he's, he's been, as it were, you, said, you said boxing clever earlier, he's boxing clever with his, how he uses his pace and how, like, how he uses explosive pace. Because if he does that every time he gets the ball, and let's face it, the fans, when he gets the ball, they want him to just yeah. run. Mm. But he, he probably can't do that. Every sort of, like FIFA or Pro Evo, you can't just <laughs> sprint R1 and... Yeah do all your skill shit with the right analogue <laughs> stick all the time because come 60 minutes he will be knackered he probably mm. well probably yeah probably will be knackered so he's just doing it when he feels that timing is right and normally for us yeah. that's when we're on the break isn't it that's yeah, when we're yeah, breaking absolutely. from James I think last season there were times where you could see he was going 100% all the time and then like you say he's he's knackered within 5-10 minutes <laughs> yeah and he just dies on his arse whereas this year he's been very much he's been selective He's been going maybe at 80% for a couple of minutes and then dropping it down to 20. He's managing his game so much better. And this is where you have to praise his intelligence. And we always say that we should praise, you know, to say not just praise mm-hmm. him for this, the, the physical attributes he's got, but praise him for the, the intelligence he's now showing. So he's obviously taking on board what the coaches are telling him and what Nino's telling him, but he's also deciding uh, by himself in times, in, in games, scenario, when to burn down mm. the wing take on players and when well, yeah, I mean play on, that was in the 85th minute of the game there you go I mean that that's incredible to still have that much power to have a lung busting run shrug off a, a foul let's be honest <laughs> he made no attempt for the ball he was just trying to take the man out but if that's not conserving energy like you said and like you know selectively choosing when to exert your energy then you know in the 85th minute I don't know what is yeah. I think one thing for me is the fact that he's had now a run of a, you know a few games where we're not experimenting with his position, there's no there's no way Nuno in his wildest dreams now would think about playing at right wing back, like so far back at the pitch now. Mm. 
Um, you know, the, he's being given a run as um, as a right winger, and and he's absolutely getting the ball and, and you know running with it. So you know, do you think and that's because of his partnership with the Doc? I think so. so. He doesn't have to do that. Yeah, I think so. And you know, they're developing a nice partnership between the two of them, where it seems like they're quite cohesive, where they know where each other are going to be, and that's always obviously a massive plus. Um, and I just think that now we're seeing, like you mentioned, the intelligent side of his game, not just a cart horse running up and down and uh, and just trying to blindly cross him when he can. Now we're seeing the intelligent side of his game. He's so much more effective further up the pitch. But we said that about Neves, to be fair, haven't mm-hmm. we? Now he's played maybe 10, 15 yards further up the pitch. Look how much more effective he is. So, you know, when we've started putting the square pegs in the square holes... Look how much better we are. Makes a big difference, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Which brings me on to the next point, actually. The back three. <laughs> Dendonka. He plays centre-half for the the ranked first team in the world. And he's finally, now, after, again, 18 months, finally playing centre-half for Wolves. How are, we think, how are we thinking that him, Cody, who also made his 200th league appearance for Wolves, and Saiz, how are we thinking about the new look back three at the moment? I thought Dendonka was man of the match. I thought he was absolutely exceptional. I mean, he just—it's—it's it's one of them where it's, it's come through circumstance rather than actual thought that he's mm. actually playing there, and Vallejo being so, such a joke. <laughs> so, I, I think, otherwise, I don't think he would have—he would have got a look. In. I think that would have been the plan to Vallejo or Bennett to play there. But now, I think Bennett—the only way Bennett's going to get back in is if Cody has a rest and he plays there in a cup, because mm. he's just—he's made that position his own in two weeks. And you look at the, the the improvement from the Arsenal game, where the, yeah he probably lost his man and he was it probably switched off. But again, that was that back three's first game together really. To the difference on Sunday, and it's it was night and day. They looked mm. like they've been playing together for ages. Yeah, they had a very good understanding. I thought they did. They excellent. I think if you were a neutral and you didn't know anything about Wolves and you looked and watched that game, you wouldn't have thought that that was a thrown together due to circumstance back three. Mm. I think they looked really composed together. I think, you know, I think Cody had a really good game considering he had Wesley who's, you know, a brick shithouse. And we th- know Cody often struggles when he plays up against the lump. Yeah. So we thought that could have been a potential. He could have been bullied. Um, but he wasn't. And it was a really assured, really assured performance from all three of them. And, I know I've already mentioned about Sace and, and the yellow, so he you know did outstanding not to get drawn in, mm-hmm. you know to fouls because they they did play a lot on their right hand side, you know attacking attacking us on that right hand side where Sace was um, for for a, a large portion of the game. Um, I just think they looked you know we looked so much calmer than Villa did. They looked so panicky at the back when they tried to play out from the back. They misplaced passes all over the place and it just. You could tell who were the scared team. It was quite funny watching them trying to play out from the back. <laughs> it was almost like watching school kids try and play out from the back. It was uh, it was comically fit. But obviously, I, I, we know that obviously they were without Heaton, they were without Engels and the rat-faced knacker himself. <laughs> None of them were on the pitch. So I know that a few of them have said, oh, well, if we had these players, we would have put up more of a fight. Do you, does anyone actually agree with that? I think... Engels maybe because Engels is their best defender by yeah, a but, mile. But um, con, it, con, consra? Yeah, Consra. Consra did well. He was their well. best player. Yeah. Um, and Nyland, they really do anything wrong either. No. He's Norway's number one keeper anyway. Tell you, like, some 16-year-old. <laughs> that sounds quite funny. Like when he, by me, 
uh, some people around by me when he come on yeah, some of the fans are going oh we've we've got a pepper him shots now test him it's going to be a dodgy it's going to be a dodgy keeper test him out. I thought he's third he's third choice keeper but at a Premier League club it's not like <laughs> he's never <laughs> saved had to save shots in his yeah. life we haven't just they haven't just dragged someone out the away end to go in goal <laughs> you know he does face shots in training every <laughs> single day in training as I just had the question scratch my thinking what yeah, yeah, he didn't, didn't do anything wrong. It must be a bit annoying to be Jed Steer because obviously about two weeks before the season started, he was Villa's number one, so they brought Heaton in. He must have gone, oh shit, finally gets his chance against Wolves and he's off after six minutes yeah. with a expanded <laughs> leg. But um, I mean, yeah, I mean, look at injuries. I know, and naturally that's the first thing that they will go to to say they're without X, Y, Z. And that that is true, it's a fact. They're without probably three first teamers. But do you know what? What do they want us to do about it? That's why you have a squad, though, isn't it? What, what, what do you want to, to avoid do, do, that? Do you want us to reschedule the game for when they're all fit and available? Is that what, <laughs> is that what they want us to do? Just, unfortunately, just got to deal with it like we have without Bolly and whoever else. You mm-hmm. know, these 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 things happen. You know, they're just yeah, you have got to deal with it. And, and John McGinn was supposed to be their superstar, and <laughs> again. No. Completely anonymous. Just didn't turn up, did he? And that's when the excuses from them come out. Oh, well, he's got to have Grealish to play alongside him. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Right. Yeah. Grealish used absolutely nothing at all all season, apart from running. The only thing he does, he gets the ball, he runs and wins free kicks, which they score off. That's all he does. That's literally, that's his job. He's, I mean, if that, that's it's very his, negative, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. That's, that's, his, that's his point in life, then fine. But the point is, would you have got past that, our defence and our midfield? No, he wouldn't. I mean, John McGinn was schooled by someone who's been out of form for the best part of a year and a 33 year old so <laughs> but what a 33 year old yeah. oh yeah I mean yeah I mean I, again the point you're saying before defence for me just marshal them com- like, completely um, it's funny how these things can happen like through injury like someone drops into a position and it's like they were meant to play there obviously yeah. obviously as previously uh, Den Donker of course and I'm a massive fan of Bennett but he and I've, I've been on record about that, but he can't come back in at the minute because then Donker at the minute has played to a level where you, you can't drop him. He would mm. he would be pissed off if he, if he's replaced. You can't play an eight out of ten and then warm the bench the week after. Can exactly, you? it was it was, was fantastic. Well, that's, that's the quickest way to lose a player. That is, mm-hmm. if you've had a storming game and then you stick him on the bench. I mean, alternatively, he could just return to midfield, which is an option, of course. But you can't take him out of the team. And, and Cody from, Cody was my man in the match because. He didn't put a foot wrong, and, and for, as for what has already been mentioned, you know, we struggled against bigger players before, like your Mitrovic's and all that. So you did think, well, how is he going to go, you know, against someone like Wesley? But it was and some of the passes he was pinging around again. He was just, I thought he was amazing, and he has come in for a bit of flack, certainly with it, within these four fan cast walls in recent <laughs> weeks. So I think you have, you have to praise him when he does have a, a flawless game, which I thought he did. I mm. thought it was absolutely fantastic. I'd agree. Obviously, VAR raised its head again. On three occasions, obviously, there was the Doherty penalty appeal. There was the Johnny penalty appeal. I can't remember which of their players it was against. And then, obviously, we went down the other end, and that was when we had another appeal for the handball on Taylor. What do we think of those three? Are we happy about how they were dealt? I thought they got the results spot on in all three of them. I think to... Johnny's tackle was when you watch your back and it's excellent it's, yeah, it's risky it's superb, but yeah. ex- it's just he, he's got it spot on I and mean, for the ref to be absolutely blatant that he, he played the ball as well the way VAR is this season that's never been overturned anyway but the dirty one never looked like a penalty to me really um, it just looked like well he was he was pulling as much as he, the other guy and 
the handball was way too close. So for me, for a change, <laughs> there was <laughs> there was no real drama in it, and it didn't take overly long really compared to what we've had so far. But now it was fine for me. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, don't get me wrong, especially with the Doherty penalty shout, seven points in. It's a, pe- it's a stone, <laughs> it's a stone waller. Yeah. But in the cold light of day, no, you're probably right. And considering some of the VAR decisions over the weekend for other teams, I think VAR wasn't and shouldn't have been the talking point of the day. I think it was, you know, the, the right decisions were made. But did they not have some stinkers this weekend? <laughs> it, it was one of those. Well, I say one of those every weekend. Yeah. It's becoming more and more ridiculous, isn't it? So it there really was something is. I mentioned a few months back. What about if it touches a player's hand and then they go to the other end and score a goal? So it's not a handball, then it is a handball. And this is bound to happen at some point, and obviously it happened in the Man City-Liverpool game. Mm-hmm. It does hit Trent Alexander-Arnold's hand. They then go up the other end and put it in the back of the net. So surely that should then be disallowed and a penalty should be given because it was a handball in the box. Like It's such a absolutely farcical it is farcical <laughs> you can just get yourself in knots trying to figure this shit out but the thing is I think the justification was that it hit Bernardo Silva's hand first and then it hit Trent's hand so okay so so then surely you stop play for the handball do you play advantage but then when you play in advantage a handball has been made by a Liverpool player it's just it's an absolute mess and, it, and you know that it, that game which so many times does become a dud game when it's hyped up by Sky so, mm. so much. But you think of an outsider in foreign countries where they've got VAR a lot better than we have. Then must look at that and think, what an absolute mess. <laughs> what a mess in their biggest game of the season. And these stupid English people cannot sort, sort <laughs> their shit out. It's ridiculous. I think we seem to have been a bit arrogant in this country about um, the implementation of it and the fact that, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, I'm willing to be very willing to be corrected but in all the other countries in Europe that have VAR they actively go to the monitors don't they the I go believe to so definitely doing the Bundesliga I've seen yeah. it on, on yeah. a few occasions yeah, yeah and, and in France that's where I've seen it and I, I don't I, unless unless the reasons have been published for which I have not seen um, I don't understand why they are not instructing the referees to go and look at it because effectively it's just being re-refereed by someone sat in the studio in Stockley Park where the ref, if he's unsure, just go and have a look and then you just watch it on loop back and back and that's what they seem to do in the yeah. Bundesliga and then they'll just go look at it and go, well, right, I can say, and he'll make his own decision. Right now, I another ref will just refer to I another ref too, sat watching it on the telly and he'll just go, I think you should do this and he'll just go, right you are then and he'll, and he'll just give it. Well, why? It, it doesn't make, I don't understand why like the Bundesliga have just adopted it and it seems to be got more smoother and we're just making it difficult for ourselves yeah. to understand they're, it. they're trying to be cocky and think that we could do better and yet again it's all gone tits up and the other the, 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 what they said in the summer was that it would be it would slow the game down going to the, all, to the side all the time but you just got a ref standing looking at the sky or looking at the grass touching his ear like he's got some infection <laughs> and well, it, well that's wasting time anyway you might as well go over to the side play with his ear as well and watch it but <laughs> the, uh, and, the, and what, what do we play with while we're waiting <laughs> well I had warnings about that but Brassel said a, a thing today that it's got to the stage now where refs ain't giving anything because they can get bailed out by the VAR but then the VAR ain't giving anything either because they don't want to over the, overrule the ref mm. it's true and yeah. it's just turned into a joke mm. and you look at it in Russia where it worked, worked perfectly 
and you had penalties that were penalties for shirt pulling and pushing each other over, like the Leicester game where they should have had one in the first five minutes. Why? Well, just give the penalty. It's not hard. It's just the, re- yeah. the referees are absolutely up their own arses. They're ar- arrogant and they won't, even though they've got the tools, they won't say that they're wrong. That's the, that's the main difference. To that point, Neil Swarbrick was asked how he felt that it's gone, that the implementation of VAR. And he said about 7 out of 10. Oh, <laughs> what? Yeah, about 7 out of 10. I'm quite pleased with how it's gone, he said. So that tells you everything. My mate, my mate saw that and sent me, sent me that on WhatsApp. He said, I think they've missed the minus off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so back to the Villa game. And I think we, we should round it off with who's man of the match. Who's getting a little bit of the bubbly? Matt? <laughs> a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> um, just because I've hammered the point home, I'm going to give Sace my man of the match purely because um, I think he so easily could have got caught up and got a red card and that would have changed the tide as bad as Villa were I think when you're a man down with a makeshift back three I know we, we have said how good they were I think that could have changed things quite significantly so Sace would be my man of the match I think we, I think we say so it's it's all like the naughty kid at school yeah. where he has to be told no first so <laughs> you can't do that you yeah. can't do that behave you know, oh, go on the naughty step. yes okay sir and then behave for the rest of the game apart from the Palace and <laughs> But yeah, I mean, from what I said earlier, I mean, it could be an, it could be no one's even mentioned Johnny. And Johnny yeah, true. Yeah, Johnny was superb again, just being Johnny all the time. And it's, but I've got to go with Denton, Denton, like I said earlier, he was superb for me. Mm. Yeah, pricey. I'm gonna pick the the only one that hasn't from the back three that hasn't been picked yet. I'm I'm sticking with Cody. I think he was fantastic, and I think yeah, I th- I, I didn't see him put a foot wrong. So. For his, for his defensive play, his ball distribution, everything, I thought was spot mm. on. I think I'm going to step away from the back three and go for Matinho. Just because. Because he's just fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> just for no other reason than he's just brilliant. It's it, could good justified, it could have justifiably been any of those, though, and nobody would have you know, batted an eyelid, to be fair. Yeah. So, I mean, why not? You could probably make an argument for pretty much anyone on the pitch for us. I think that there's probably only Jota who probably had a seven. Everyone else who's eight and above. Yeah, yeah, it was one of those. And on that note, I think we'll take a quick break. Hey everyone, it's David here. Now, you already know by now if I'm on the show or I'm not on the show and my voice is here, you know, one of those silly ghost things. Anyway, I'm just here to say um, we've got a lovely website and our friends over at Pixel Yeti Media do that. And if you're looking for web design or your business needs a new logo or a bit of marketing, go take a look at pixelyetimedia.com. And also, they're not just web designers, they're also a creative agency that cover all your design needs from websites to brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. So, take a moment after this podcast and go check them out at pixelyetimedia.com. And welcome back (laughs) to part two of the uh, Wolves Fancast. Because we've got an international break coming up, obviously we've got nothing to look forward to regarding the next match. I thought we'd do a bit of player appreciation. I think in the last week, two players have particularly stepped up and stood out. The first one I wanted to discuss was Raul Jimenez. 66 appearances. He got his 50th league appearance on the weekend. He scored 33 goals and 11 assists. I was going to ask, is he worth his weight in gold? 
but apparently that's only three and a half million euros. <laughs> so I will ask, how does he rank in the the pantheon of Wolves number nines? Pricey? Well, I mean, obviously with Wolves fans, he's, he's never going to usurp certain Stephen George bullies. Eh? Let's 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 be honest. But for present day fans, so probably the ones who've grown up with players when he retired. It's probably the best one we've had, in all fairness, because I just when you add the context to it, so when we signed him initially on loan, I think a lot of us, a lot of fans were just saying, Well Who is he? Who is he? Yeah. They knew we played for Benfica, but he you know, he wasn't prolific, he wasn't the first start for him. Our eyes were glued to the World Cup, wasn't it, at the start <coughs> when we signed for him and he got a, he didn't, didn't he come off the bench once in or something like yeah, that. Germany. So naturally we're thinking, Oh, right. So expectation gets dampened and you know, for the first what ten, fifteen games, he wasn't prolific, was he? Let's let, let's be honest. But we could all see how hard he was working. Sounds like a trend, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but then he just start, he just, you know, he just starts adding regular goal scoring to his game, and you can see sometimes when we play without him, how much we struggle. And when you think of the caliber of opposition that we're up against now, and how he's regularly scoring goals and leading the line. He's fantastic. I, I know when you look down the line of our number nines, I, I'm sure there'll be some other suggestions in a minute, but when you look down, a lot of our number nines are different types of players. You know, as I said like before, you know, Cole Court's been number nine, Andy Keogh's been number nine, Lee Griffiths have been number nine. Mm. Uh, I'm, I don't think Yannick Sagbo was number nine, was he? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there's been quite a variant uh, number of players, but you know, you, you can you can say a silver near Banks Blake, kind of, could, but he just was an out and out goal mm. scorer. He, you know, he... he just giving the ball anywhere in the final third and well, in the penalty area and he'll find the back yeah. of the net whereas him and there's a different type of player to that he knows where the back of the net is but he can also work work the channels mm. work a back three maybe in the back four on his own um, but for me I think yeah and, until someone steps in and prove, proves otherwise at the Premier League level he's been probably he's probably in the, the top three the number nines that we've ever had and I'll probably put him at number two at the minute to be yeah. honest so widen it out then Centre forwards, then, as opposed to just number nines. Matt, what, what do you reckon? Well, I've gone down a slightly different tact with this. Um, looking at, in terms of player status, i.e. worldwide mm. acclaim and fame. So, looking at the amount of like followers, and I know, you know, this to some older fans, this won't mean Jack Diddley. Um, <laughs> but Wolves have, as of 7 o'clock this evening when I did my research... <laughs> 501,000 followers on Twitter, which is a good, you know, a good amount for it, for, you know, for a, for a, you know, a team, you know, a half a million. Raul Jimenez has a cool 3.27 million followers <laughs> on Twitter. That's six and a bit times the following that the club he plays for <laughs> has. If that doesn't show kind of what an icon he is to Mexico and what a cult status figure he is, and then from Wolves' point of view, the release of a third kit for one nation's <laughs> appreciation. I don't know what is. So he's by far the biggest player we've ever had it, it, well, as a, a centre-forward. Um, in terms of like name in the game, obviously Jay Martino would probably top that list for me. Um, but in terms of our number nines or our centre-forwards, he's definitely the biggest icon or the biggest mm. name we've ever had. And I don't think that will be topped for a long time unless we're the move next for Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> uh, after uh, whoever he goes to from Juve. Um, in terms of in the in the time that I've been watching Wolves and, you know, at the very back end of Bully's career and watching Sylvan Ebanks-Blake, 
I think I look at him fondly, but that's purely from a nostalgia point of view. Mm. I think as a player, he's you know he's, he's a much better caliber. Um, and then add that in with his kind of global appeal. I think he's probably the biggest player we've ever had. Maybe, maybe not the best yet, but I think we've still got a lot of miles in the tank left with him to prove me wrong anyway. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. He's he's on his way to legendary status at the club, I think. So, you know, you look on Football Manager and it tells you club legends. I could definitely see in two or three years' time that Raul Jimenez now would be on that list. Stu, what yeah. do you reckon to the man? I think... You look at the, the, both the points and you you think, well, doing rating it on eras and yeah, Bully was unstoppable and you know I saw the same thing about the last five years of his career, mm. um, which even then he was better than everyone else yeah. in the division that we're in. Um, so it was Robbie Keane and so was Ebanks Blake in the Championship, not in the Premier League. So you look at well, you look at the biggest and the biggest is obviously mixing Pat Lightning, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> and you look at some of this shit and Cedric Roussel and Havard Flow and all the nonsense that we've had to put up with over the years. Robert Taylor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Super Robert Taylor and now we've got Catroni. And, um, <laughs> but he's he's not even just a, a centre-forward or a striker. He's an all-round player. I and mean, he could play in midfield. He's that good. And I, th- I don't even think we, we realise how good he is. I don't think he realises how good he is himself yet. And he's only got 28, mm. going into his peak. Well, you think the, the time he spent warming the bench at Benfica, that does strike me as someone who possibly should have bet on themselves a bit sooner. Because as soon as he has backed himself, he's come here and he's he's hit the ground running. But then he could be saying that the Jamie Vardy effect, though. Jamie Vardy peaked late and he's, yeah. and he's what, 33 now? And look, what he's, look at how good he is now compared to even when they won the league three years ago. Probably he's the in, best striker in the league. At, yeah, he's, you know, he's even he's better now than he was then. Mm. And... It was the same being right back in the day where that sometimes strikers come through later on, and it might be the same with Jimenez where he's come, he's playing regular football now at last. He has backed himself at last, and he's just it's just the start of what could be twenty twenty five goal a season for the next five years. It could be it could mm. be ridiculous. I mean, he's on thirteen goals already this season in all competitions. <laughs> what was um, Fletcher was our top Premier League scorer last time? What did he get? Eighteen was it that one season? What, what, in what Premier League goals? Yeah, I think he finished on like twelve or something. Oh, was it only? Tw- oh, I thought it was more than that. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, because he, no, yeah, because him and has beat Fletcher's Premier League goal record of thir- twelve or thirteen. Oh yeah. wow! But I thought was, it was even more. So he really is showing his, his true class. But Fletcher played in everything though because we didn't have a squad. True. Yeah. Well, Fletcher, I remember that. I remember because I was uh, we were saying in, in the group chat earlier when we about Fletcher and I really I really love Fletcher. I love Stephen Fletcher. Such a skillful player and obviously a bit different to what Doyle was. who was just like the battering ram. Mm. But I remember when, when we signed him, we just used to obviously Mick favoured Doyle like all the time. Didn't he? he'd always play yeah. Doyle. And Fletcher would always come on and he wouldn't come on for Doyle obviously because he was just running Doyle into the ground ninety minutes every game. <laughs> you're, you're up against his back four on your own. And he'd, he'd bring Fletcher on the like right wing or something daft, and he just everyone, everyone, everyone just like getting fed up. What yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you putting him there? And I remember when Doyle got injured and he had to play Fletcher up front, and he just he scored. He's like he had he could he could jump higher than Doyle. He had good heading. He, he was skillful. He was better finisher than Doyle. He was a better player mm. than Kevin Doyle, funny enough, and could play the low man role better. And then suddenly he was like the man that saved our season, wasn't he? The, the, the second yeah. season under Mick and. Um, I thought it was great. I, I loved. I love. I love Fletch. Yeah, I was a bit nostalgic of there, but yeah. But the thing with Stephen Fletcher as well, his name Stephen Fletcher is from <coughs> is Edinburgh, I think. 
you don't expect him to be actually quite a skillful player. And he really, <laughs> like, he looked like he was a bit awkward and what have you, but... He's a bit of a wrong one as well, wasn't he? Oh, God, yeah. Just, just Google him. I'm not going yeah. to say anything on here. Just, just Google him. Yeah, our Scotch centre-forwards have caused a bit of bother across the uh, across the years, I think. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yes. <laughs> the other player I wanted to appreciate, who I think's had a really excellent week, I know he missed the penalty last week, but against the uh, the team from just down the road, I thought he was superb again, Mr. Ruben Neves. Since he's been at the club, he has uh, made 102 appearances now, 14 goals, 11 of those have been from outside the box. <laughs> Obviously, the only ones that were inside the box were penalties. So I was thinking, can we tell? Or can you tell me your three favourite Ruben Neves goals? They don't have to be the ones that you think are his best, just the ones that are your favourites of his. Matt? Well... I was really resenting this question because I was in Poland for that Derby goal. Oh, yeah. So I was in a restaurant called Spakanapoli. <laughs> <laughs> take, that, take that as you It does exist. Um, with the wife and I've got the game, I've got the phone on my lap and I'm looking down and I'm trying to maintain eye contact and, <laughs> you know, be the old romantic and I'm looking down on them going, oh my God, look at that. And like, the restaurant's starting. It's one of those. So I wasn't there to see it live. So I, that can't go in my talk I wasn't That's there fair. to see it. Um, the free kick against Arsenal when we won 3-1 was a personal highlight only because it added to a game where I think we were 3-0 up at one point against Arsenal mm. and I just thought what is going on here this is a, this this shouldn't be happening this is insane it was like it was a really you know it, was a, it set the tempo for that game it was a great free kick um, and it just added to what was like just a really amazing game for us mm. Um the Sheffield Wednesday, I've, I've got down here, the 20 yards out. It looks mm. like he's going to absolutely, and I think I used the word in my blog the other day, hit a thunder bastard. <laughs> and he doesn't. He really deftly hits it. So he, he runs up to it. It looks like he's going to smack it. Deftly hits it and it trickles it. Well, it doesn't trickle in, but it gets into the bottom right-hand corner. It never leaves the ground. And, it and goes it's just beautiful. It's, like, it's like poetry in motion. Mm. Hardy Boys reference there. <laughs> um, and then the third one I've, I've, I've decided on was the Everton... Free kick to equalise at one-one. I think that was first game. Uh, of last first season. game of last season. Only because for me, it it set the mood of yep, we're here, we're wolves. This is going to be something special. Look at this goal. It's, it's not a scrappy, you know, ten men in the box just poked it in. This is a free kick of absolute quality, and yeah. this is what we're going to be about this season. The other thing I liked about that goal was that he absolutely shit hosed like an extra ten yards. <laughs> 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 He was like 30 yards out the foul, but he took it 20 yards from the goal. Brilliant. It's all about it, you know. Yeah. It's gamesmanship, isn't it? That's what we yeah. call it, isn't it? So. Absolutely. Stu, uh, what I are your top three? The Everton, one was, the Everton one was going to be mine as well, but just f- for the same reason that it was like, a, yeah, we're back and we're going to ha- we're gonna handle this league fine. I mean, fair enough, he didn't really handle it in fine <laughs> himself, <Yeah>. but <laughs> um, yeah, the, that one. But the other two, um, first one, Hull. That night yeah. in Hull when... I mean, we, we were in that god awful. Well, what seemed what wasn't a god awful place in the end was it that that pub that we found in the middle of nowhere? Oh Christ, no! That yeah. was quite a wealthy, strange little area. That, yeah. 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 North Ferriby. Yes, that was it. I was trying to think of that the other day. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, like, well, uh, uh, dripping with cash on one end and just dripping the other end. <laughs> <laughs> and that blue third shirt, all there, mm. wearing proudly, and um, for just the technique of it, and just 
Because we didn't really expect it at that time either. We, it was like it came out of nowhere, mm. and it was that the first one, maybe. Yep, yep, it was. And it was, it was just the. I mean, Hull were a decent team that that, that well didn't turn out to be a decent team that season. But going into the season, they were the, one of the teams that were going to be up there, and to do that to Hull in that game in the way we can we controlled it as well in parts. It was just incredible, and yeah. just the reaction of everyone as well. It was just, it was one of the first limbs moments of the season, and then the third one was Cardiff. Mm. Yeah, and I think Cardiff was the, the free kick. Just, just to see that little kid afterwards, Ruben <laughs> Neves, and it was. Where was that? Cardiff away. No, I said, what was that accent? <laughs> no, he, he, did, he wasn't Welsh, was he? He, was, he, was, he had a weird kind yeah, of. Neither was that. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Hence why. <laughs> It was sound accurate. You go, you go and find it, and um, no, it was, it was again because of where it was and, and Warnock and all that stuff, and just to just the emotional release from that time, and then what came with the penalties later on didn't really matter. But that goal was just incredible, and mm. the technique, and again, staying a couple of yards, got to be done. Yeah, but now that them them three for me were the ones when you said the question, that was the first thing that came into my head. Yeah, add. What are you going so, for? Unfortunately, with me going last, some of mine have been covered already. Yeah, mine have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Sheffield Wednesday for one of mine, just because it's different from the rest. It's not like a free kick or a long-range thunder bastard in the traditional sense. Mm. It is just one of those where it's just like a placement from 20 yards in the bottom corner. And he couldn't have, he literally couldn't have done it better or more accurate because he just it bends off inside the post and goes in and you just think, <laughs> what an amazing goal that was. Just like, just daisy cutter through the grass and then off the post. That was brilliant. And then, yeah, the other one I was going to say was Hull because that's where it all started with him. And yeah. obviously we knew he was a big deal player when we first signed him and we knew that he was someone special. And this was when he really like announced himself on the league and like, we can he can do that. <laughs> Fantastic. And then for the third one, I was kind of torn in a way between... Obviously, I'm, I'm excluding Derby from this because that just goes without saying that's just yeah. up there on its own pedestal. I was like, Sheffield United at home was one which I liked purely because of how it bent and, again, pinged off the post as it went in. That, I think that was like a... Was that a Friday night or midweek? That was a midweek game when it was home Sheffield it was, United. Yeah, I think sure it was a Friday midweek. night, wasn't it? Oh, that was we it were on because, TV. That was it. Because I remember but the next night I went into that Sainsbury's local at Compton and, and I bumped into him and I didn't have my phone with me. I couldn't ask for a photo. <laughs> I was like, shit, like the, the day after he's just done Good that. And I couldn't like, I couldn't take a photo. But I mean, Cardiff one was a momentous one just because of the, the, the what that game meant and, and the pressure that was on it. Um, but I remember the one that, and this isn't in my top three, but one that just <laughs> sticks out for me just because what the bloke in front of me said at the time. And when we scored that one against Man United when he bent it in, when um, yeah, in the league game this uh, was it this year? No, sorry. Um, was it this year? When he bent, he bent in the game. It was this year. year. That's yeah. <laughs> I'm getting my timelines mixed up. <laughs> so he bent it in, obviously, and it it, it tinged in. Um, for when we drew one one, and the bloke in front of me just turned round while I was mid celebration. He went, yeah, and that's better than his derby goal because he had two players where it was like closing down. <laughs> <laughs> Oh I, I, didn't, I didn't want my mood to go from like sheer elation to sheer annoyance in a millisecond because I can get annoyed quite quickly. So I, I just, but it's only afterwards, I, afterwards I stopped thought about it. I was like, 
what a horrible opinion to have to say mm. that anything was better than that Derby goal. Yeah, that's ridiculous. But as good as goals it was, I mean, obviously, I think with the Derby goal, I've saw it more on TV back, which that memory of it on TV has now overtook the memory of me seeing it in real life because I've watched it so many times <laughs> uh, on yeah. telly. I can almost barely remember seeing it in, in real life. It, it was so ridiculous. I just laughed. I didn't, I didn't even celebrate. I just laughed. And uh, yeah. it, it was there was people going absolutely mental, and then there was other people just looking around at each other. And I was just just giggling, like the uh, the new now gif where he's just standing there giggling to himself. It was like that. The best thing you can do is, <laughs> and when you watch it back on slow mo from from when it's facing the crowd, you see people have already got their hands on the head in slow mo, <laughs> yeah. pushing it all the way, just going, "It's not, it's not, it is." It's, like, it's, I remember because the best goal ever. Obviously, where I'm sat, I'm elevated, looking down at the, the from behind the the goal that he went into. So he hits it and it goes really high and I thought, oh, that's, what's he doing? He skied that. And then you just see, it's dropping, it's dropping. <laughs> it's, and then all of a sudden, it's in the top corner and you just don't know what to do with yourself. You've seen something so incredible. I think I just screamed in this man's face. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't quite process what had happened. Is there a better celebration? Because you know it's going to be a, a great goal than seeing him run at full pelt finger on the temple running away yeah. in the Premier League a better like use celebration I don't think there is but I'm, I'm, I'm uh, horrendously of biased yeah. of it but yeah, yeah it's a great but sight yeah, my top three Hull that goal is still my pinned tweet with the one with the Alan Partridge commentary <laughs> I'd been I was on holiday I'd been on holiday the Saturday Sunday Monday in Skegness drove back home <laughs> to get on a coach with Stu to then go past Skegness to Hull. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously came back and then went back to Skegness the day after. Totally worth oh. it. And it was worth it. Totally worth it. Was it was worth it, yeah. So that was one. Uh, the other one, obviously the Everton free kick. Like you say, it's just, you're saying, oh, we're back. And the other one I wanted to mention, obviously, was the weekend's goal. Just the quick thinking between the two of them, between him and Matinho, it was just, it was great. And the relief, because at that point in the game, it was we'd had a few games where you think, if we don't score now, we're going to end up being 1-0 down. And, but actually, he just took the pressure off as soon as that went in. And it, was, and it was a goal in the first half as well. Yeah, and it was just euphoric. It was <laughs> excellent. Right, OK, so time for Dan's quiz, gents. Are we all ready for this? Oh, no. I forget about this. I don't think it's quite as difficult, but that's, that, that's I have more, seen the answers. That's more so pressure. That might be why. Right, so we've got... I need to get points on the board soon. Stu and add. Right, okay, there we go. We've all got our uh, apps ready. 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 Excellent, right, okay. In November 2012, Wolves drew three all at home to Brighton under Stalla Solbakken, who scored our 90th minute equaliser that day. Jesus. No, I I think I, I actually... Think I knew the answer to that one before um, before I read it on his thingy. So I don't think it's too difficult. I'm only looking seven seven years ago. Actually, that's gone quite fast. <laughs> okay, I'm locked in. Locked in. Stu, are you ready? No. Yeah. You are. We bowls it now, for me. Are, are you? Yeah. You ready? Okay. I have. I'll put so, Seb. So you've gone for I've gone Seb. For Banks Blake. I've gone for Tongo. Dumbia. Oh, the forgotten man. That'll be yeah. Daft. I've gone. I've gone Seb. I've gone Seb. Okay, but. so we're drawing a blank in the first round. <laughs> it was Roger Johnson. Oh, that was my second choice. Oh, yeah, because I, I vaguely remember that was when Bollocks. the fans <coughs> accepted him after he'd been there a year already and then they started chanting, 
And then within 12 months, he was getting his <laughs> shirt thrown back in his <laughs> face. <laughs> okay, so the second question then. Adama Traore was due to be called up to the Spanish national side this week before injury ruled him out. But how many league goals did former Spain international Fernando Gomez score for Wolves? Full name. Fernando Gomez Colomer. Colmier. Colmier. Oh, yeah. The bald eagle. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Slowest man on earth. But he just had so much technique. Yeah. He, didn't he, have to, he didn't have wonderful. to move. No. Imagine the, imagine the midfield of Gomez, Gomez, and Matinho. I don't know if you would have been watching it when um, we had Gordon Cowens. Mm, yeah, yeah, he, no, he was one of those players. He never really had any pace, and obviously, I think we signed him when he was mid thirties. But his technique was so good; it was just straight ahead of everyone else. We all got our answers. Ready for league goals only. Mm. Uh, yeah, we'll say yeah. Yeah, how many league goals? Okay, yeah, I'm locked in then. Okay, right, pricey. What we saying? Two. <laughs> Two. Well, I'm way out of here because I've gotten a cool 12 goals. <laughs> <laughs> a complete stab in the dark. If it's 4 now, I'm going to be very mad. It is 2. <sighs> so Stu and I are off done. the mark. If I remember correctly, I think he only played one full season with us. Yeah, he did. He, he, was, right, didn't he? he either went home or retired. So yeah. no, he was only on... Because you can never find him the season after on Football Manager or Chambers, <laughs> whatever it was at the time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he, he was uh, one of those cult players. Right, you, you're going to have to listen to this one because it's worded quite odd. Okay. Okay. Radio 1 DJ Adele, what, was announced as a contestant on this year's I'm a Celebrity, sharing the surname of more than one of our strikers from the 90s. So basically, what is the surname of DJ Adele? She was in Big Brother as well. I, I, I don't know. She was know. in the first season of Big Brother. I, I'm too old to listen to uh, Radio 1 now, so I have no idea. I think I might know this one purely because I read uh, an article on it on the lineup this afternoon. Is it because you're young and hip and still listen to Radio 1, really? I do not listen to Radio <laughs> 1. I've never listened to Radio 1 in my life. Unless, unless Daniel Picard is on. Then I occasionally listen to that. It's a rock show. Oh, right, okay. I, I, but even, that, even that is like Once in the Blue Moon. Yeah, I, I used to like was it Zane. Zane Lowe yeah he used to have a decent show back in the day but that's going back some time but I think it was Mark and Lard was still on when I used to listen to it are we all locked in gents why the hell not (laughs) right okay so Matt what have you got I'm literally just going I'm going I'm I'm edging my bets and I'm just going to go with a name that I think more people have than not I'm going Taylor right okay I haven't got a clue about Radio 1 or anything like that I've gone Simpson and it's not going to be right is he I've gone Roberts and it's Roberts yeah right okay so uh, reading the news ads pushing help, out helps sometimes reading the news yeah. <laughs> I was concentrating on Ian Wright and that um, that Jenna thing being in there more than anything else the Jenna thing is that what you said that's uh, <laughs> I don't know what you, what you what you say anymore I don't know you're not allowed, well, probably not thing <laughs> <laughs> well is there no makeup for a month it's going to be harsh <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to move straight on. Can you name our last two players to wear the number eight shirt before Ruben Neves? Oh, one of these I remembered. The other one I was very, very disappointed. Sometimes the only reason player that I remember wearing number eight shirt was Dennis Irwin. <laughs> <laughs> Way back when. 
number eight. Okay. It wasn't even that long ago, but it, they are quite tricky, these questions, to be honest. Mate, mine's a stickler for sure, numbers. You'd, you'd have really soft to you in a millisecond. Yeah, I used, I used to be for years. I, I knew off the top of my head, wouldn't it? It'd be hard, hard-pressed. Mm. No, no, he didn't wear it, did he? I think it was when I used to play like champ manager and stuff regular. I used to know all of the squad numbers. But ah, I think one of these is wrong, but I'm just anymore. for the sake of I'm sure you time. I'm, I'm just locking, <laughs> I'm, I'm locking them in early doors. Oh, I'm sure he played. In, I'm sure he was number ten. I'm, I'm, I'm sure going to say one point for each of the answers. It doesn't specify, but we'll we'll go with that because otherwise getting both, well, I think it'll be quite tricky. I'm definitely not right then by the sense of it. I've locked in anyway. Okay, so Bryce is good. Stewie, are you ready? I've got absolutely no, I'm just forfeit. I've got no clue at all. I've got a brain drain. Right, okay. No idea. Yeah. You'll kick yourself with a one of them, I think. Matt? Mm, I've got one. I'm just trying to think of a sec I'm trying to think of a second one, but I'm really like a, a loss. Number eight, who's gonna play? And I know this one isn't right either, so it's the, it's the worst <laughs> thing about it. Um, Dennis we might be right. Yeah, what the hell not? There we go. <laughs> Stu, you're forfeiting, yeah, you I'll say. Yep. Give it up. Okay. <laughs> I'm almost certain did McDonald play at 10 oh I thought he was 11 yeah he was uh, 11 yeah no I'll fall for this okay Price have I got a free run at this you've got a free hit I've just put um, Savile and Price Price was 19 eight, yeah. oh, I thought he was George Savile was 8 and the one before him was David Davis oh, it's quite disappointing that he ever got a number 8 shirt that lovely chap um, yeah well, I got one. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Run, run away with it. Yeah, Price is uh, smashing it, this one. Because <coughs> we're on the last question now, so uh, it's all a bit academic. Laurie Dalrymple announced <coughs> this week... <laughs> why, why is that <laughs> funny? <Should I> <laughs> why? Uh, he's the incoming CEO of rugby union side London Harlequins. Can you name their stadium? <laughs> Um, I wouldn't have known this even <laughs> if I was told it. <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, considering it's like four people who have all admitted that we don't know shit <laughs> all about rugby, I'm guessing this is probably going to be uh, There's no point in it. No across the board. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Man of the Harlequin Stadium. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Quinn Tuplet Tower. Stu. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Medeski, but I don't think that's them. I think that's someone else. No, it is the Twickenham Stoop. Oh, it's the one next door. Oh, the tip of my tongue. Yeah. It's, it's the one next door to, to Twickenham. Of course it is. Do we want the tiebreaker? What the hell not? Right, Why the okay. hell not? 120 cent, 127 competitive games between Wolves and Sunday's opponents. How many have Wolves won? Obviously, the closest wins. I... Between it, Wolves and West, yeah. West Winners of have just played. Yes. Birmingham City Purple. <laughs> spaghetti, <laughs> spaghetti Athletic. Yeah. Uh, how, what, out of 120? 127. How many have we won? Oh, um, mm. I'm going to have a. As it's for fun, I'm going to have a. a I've had a low, a low bar. Yeah, I've gone, I've gone painfully low. Oh, oh, to be fair, I think if I was having to guess, I would probably have gone low because there were quite a few years we just couldn't get anywhere near. That's what I mean. That's what I'm yeah. locked in. Yeah, I'm locked in. Right, okay. Uh, Stu, what have you gone? 23. Right. Pricing? 35. 33. The answer was 40, so Price has smashed it this <laughs> week. Aye, 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 aye. So, yeah, 
Well that's done, Adam. 100% for me this, this season. Prolific. Just like Ralph Nunes. That is quite I, a uh, feat. I've been so pathetic. I even told it up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, no. I'll go back in the international break and, and do the chart. The, there's been so many table. weeks yeah. where I've just had zero. Mm. Well, I took Johnny Phillips to a tie break. That's what I'm... When I, mean, I, go, when yeah, I eventually go on, I'm a celeb. That's what I'm... <laughs> that's my thing. Yeah. <laughs> so. that, that is good going. Right, so on to Twitter Corner. Well, I say Twitter Corner. We've got questions from Twitter, Facebook and Instagram this week. So, right, let me... Uh, Pull up the questions. So from Will J. Marston, who would you take from the Mick era to pre Fosen in our current squad? Fletcher. No. That's a good, <laughs> good shit. That is. Yeah. 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 I'll go along with that, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I was talking about needing a creative player uh, and just my favourite non Bull Wolf player of all time would be Milias. So, I'd, I'd, you know, <laughs> just. just just to take in and you know unlock the door, give us another option. Someone could ping her if, uh, for whatever reason, Neves wasn't playing and another dead ball specialist. That's a good answer. I'd, yeah, I, I would like to see him and Milias. Like, he'd he'd like, be fantastic in this setup. He'd be quite. Yeah, I yeah. agree. He'd be great. I think he'd be great. He didn't like him, did he, Mick? But um, we loved the fans loved him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We loved so I would quite like to have seen McDonald's play in this team because mm-hmm. yeah. he was quite. He was a big, burly man who could pick out a good pass. He could split a defence. Where if you really got anyone who does that so yeah I think McDonald would have been myself but good question that one um, right okay Molyneux Magic asks how many points are we going to get in our next three games can anyone remember who our next three games are Bournemouth Sheffield United uh, who's the third then Wolves fixtures quickly look at the fixture list <laughs> Brighton yeah. after that yeah, we've got Bournemouth, Sheffield United and West Ham. Um, Bournemouth away, the other two are at home. So, yeah, I think uh, Sheffield United would be a tricky game yeah. as well, to be honest. I think yeah. probably... Five. Yeah. I reckon about, yeah. Five, five I think it's fair. Five, so I think it's undefeated, fair. two draws and a win. Yeah, I think so. The draws being Bournemouth and Sheffield, Sheffield for me. Yeah. Yeah. Would you swap Ruben Neves for James Rodriguez? I know what she was going to say. <laughs> That's Scott WWFC on Facebook. He says, "I personally, I wouldn't. I think we've got enough money, money and pull power to have both in the squad, should we wish." Is that Scott Scott? I don't know. He just says Scott WWFC. Yeah, is. is that? Yeah, it is. All oh, right, okay. It's Queenie. I'm not on Facebook, so I don't know. Yeah. Okay. He's done that for just to get my reaction. All oh, right. Okay. Mo- about three weeks ago, I would have said absolutely go for it, but. Since Nevers has somehow rejuvenated himself, playing f- further forward and showing what he can do, I think the, just because of the age, I wouldn't now. Mm. Just because he's, if he can show that he can pick it up that quickly, then obviously he's not completely shot <laughs> after all. <laughs> no, it was a no for me. He's fifty-five rated as pace on FIFA, so it's a no deal. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a bust for me. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. Nevers is tomorrow. Him, um, what's his name? Hamez. Hamez is yesterday's man, so no, nah, not for me. Oh, I think that's fair. I mean, the the ceiling with Neves is infinite, really. Yeah. yeah. I think that Hamez, the uh, Rodriguez thing with the when I superimpose him on top of the Manda Centre in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> I think just just for the the rumor alone, yeah. that, that was worth just his name being mentioned. Yeah. Uh, we've got a question from Lynx Wolf. Well, actually, from Lynx Wolf, seven year old. 
who has decided that Neto is his favourite player. Does Neto have a song? They can't get across much, apparently, to see the games. Now, I do remember, we do sing a song about Neto, but for the life of me, I can't remember how it goes. We just sing his name, don't we? Isn't it just <laughs> Pedro Neto? Yeah, it's like the same as Johnny. Is that all? Yeah. yeah. Favourite imaginative, which is exactly what you expect from our lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait for Liverpool to do something and then just copy them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've got a question from Colin Bayer. I'm, apologies if I've pronounced that incorrectly. Tapestry. Uh, <laughs> Kilman or Bennett at this juncture? Ooh. Mm. The, different what's sides. What's the context of the question? Which one are we getting rid of them? Are we. I think it's we, who are you going to play? They're playing different sides. Size, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah unless, unless you've got Bolly next to them who could play both sides, then. Mm, irrelevant. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's obviously going to be Bennett because of experience and yeah. he's a lord so so but the question is do you go with experience or do you go with yeah in, in that in that case then yeah Benny. Well, then we, why don't we have our own context to the question which one would you rather go on a night out with uh, which one would you rather go on a night Kilman out with Kilman or Bennett <laughs> I well, reckon Bennett I'd rather go out with Kilman because at some point in the night Bennett's going to say shall I get the guitar out <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Didn't, to no, be honest. One, no one yeah. likes that do they <laughs> no, no one likes that yeah it'd be Bennett good point me. yeah <laughs> experience over youthful exuberance for me Mm, that, that's fair and the final question who do you all race ass on Mario Kart now I'm, I'm going to jump straight in I always go with Yoshi because he's sort of the middle of everything he's not the, the heaviest he's not the fastest but he's got the best of both worlds almost with him Tanuki Mario fair every time Tanuki suit Donkey Kong for me always been Donkey Kong double dash went Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong yeah so Donkey Kong for me Price? Well, <laughs> this, is, this is awkward. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't play Mario Kart. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. You, you, had 20, you had twenty odd years to play. However, yeah, well, th- and this will add further fuel to fire. But um, I was recently at uh, Charles' birthday party at Hollywood Bowl in Benton Bridge. Oh, it's a good game that one is. And uh, yes, in said arcade section, there was a Mario Kart, and so I let the boy have a go, and he just picked bog standard Mario. So even when I even when I did play it, I had the most beige selection of character. It's not possible. Like it's classic though, isn't it? Because Mario is just like three, he's, like three, he's like three out of five star on everything. Mario, so consistent, Mister Consistent. Sitting all happy on the shelf over there. He was an inspiring yeah. choice there. The him over there, yeah. So. Not not an audio feature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, mine's not mine's a bit of a bland suggestion. Uh, bland answer. That's there you go. Absolutely fine. So I think we'll leave it there for this week. As I said, we will be back next week, even though it's international. The film cast, it's going ahead. It's going to be Mike Bassett, England manager. Please feel free to watch it. You can send some. Th- you can send through your reviews, should you wish. We don't quite know how we're going to do the, <laughs> the listener interaction yet, but I'm sure we'll come up with something in the meantime. But yeah, so it's going to be a goodbye from Matt this week. Good night. Goodbye from Stuart. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> 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 goodbye from Adam Price. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs> and it's goodbye from me. See you later. <laughs>